You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of System Check, a weekly AEW analytics show. I'm your host, Ryan Knightsey. Hope you all enjoyed last week's review, uh, sort of a laid-back review, of Full Gear, AEW's, I guess, first official pay-per-view since their TV has started. Um, I'd like to thank, of course, my guest on that, Mikey Manfredi. Um, you can watch him or listen to him on our other flagship show, Hit the Books, a realistic fantasy booking podcast. But that's that. Today, we're doing System Check. We're back into it. System Check. We are back on the TV route, right? You know, uh, we TV last week was sort of an interesting one. Um, it was the, the first ever return home that they had. And it was sort of, you could see that they were, they've already started building up to the next uh, what the next challenges will be. I mean, obviously, Scorpio Sky pinning Chris Jericho, a huge moment in the rankings. Um, and what else? Darby Allen, John Moxley going head to head. The dissolving of the elite right before our eyes. All of it's happening, all of it's taking place uh, as we head eventually into the next pay per view, which will most than, more than likely be in February. So I'm excited to see what happens. But, you know, since a new pay per view has gone. Uh, it is time to give a little quick update on those Ocelot rankings. Of course, if you don't remember, Ocelot rankings are the way, the ranking system that we use here on System Check to sort of evaluate where people are. AEW have their own ranking list. You know, it only shows the top five people. We don't get to see everyone, the whole breadth of decision-making we have in front of us. But, of course, with the TV show happening, the Ocelot rankings are moving faster and faster. We get to see who's on top, who's in mid, who's on bottom. And we're able to see a better idea, get a better picture of who those people are. Of course, Ocelot, to talk about that real quick, that is a way to uh, go through the rank wrestlers based on the wins themselves, along with those quality of those wins. So let's say if, if Michael Nakazawa beat John Moxley, that would shoot Nakazawa straight up straight up the Ocelot ranking boards because that is a huge win. That is, that would have been an upset. He would have had maybe 36% chance of winning that match. He won it. He's going to shoot up all the way up those ranking boards. Um, This ranking system is basically based off of AEW's own Chris Harrington from an article he wrote for Voices of Wrestling on January 27th, 2015. I talked about Ocelot way before, so I don't want to talk about it too much here uh, for those longtime listeners. But if you're new, uh, basically what you need to know is that Ocelot ranks, like I said, on the quality of the wins and quality of the losses as well. So without further ado, let's get into the Ocelot rankings, starting with the men's division. 
At number one is the champion of AEW, Chris Jericho. Number two, John Moxley. Number three, Cody. Number four, Pac. Number five, Hangman, Adam Page. Number six, Darby Allen. Number seven, MJF. Number eight, Sonny Kiss. And number nine, Kenny Omega. At number 10, Sean Spears. Number 11, Jack Evans. Number 12, Kip Sabian. Number 13, Sammy Guevara. Number 14, Shima. Number 15, Trent Beretta. Number 16, Christopher Daniels. Number 17, Dustin Rhodes. Number 18, Michael Nakazawa. Number 19, QT Marshall. Number 20, Jungle Boy. Number 21, Jimmy Havoc. Number 22, Peter Avalon. Number 23, Brandon Cutler. And number 24, rounding up the list, Joey Janela. Like we said, that is our men's listing. Some things we got to learn, of course. The champions at the top. Um, some surprises here are Darby Allen, MGF, and Sonny Kiss. Uh, haven't had a lot of singles matches, but when he does, Sonny Kiss is in the in the lead. So Sonny Kiss has been obviously proving his worth here. Um, so a lot of people are up there. Uh, Kenny Omega being in the middle of the pack is very surprising to me. That's the word. Uh, but, you know, there's a couple people here that's not too surprising. Uh, Cody being at the top. Actually, with John Moxley's win last week, John Moxley surpassed Cody. So John, it's looking like John Moxley may be the next challenger for Chris Jericho's title at the next pay-per-view. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Joey Janela is a constant person that is constantly in last place. And people always see some prize uh, when they know that Joey Janela is in last. Well, let's keep in mind here. Joey Janela has had several losses. And we're looking at his rankings of course, let me pull those up real quick. If you're looking at Joey Janela's rankings, he is one in three in singles competition with one win in tag and one loss in trios. Uh, and that's just the rankings. You're going to throw on two additional losses in two unsanctioned matches. So Joey Janela doesn't have a lot of victories in all elite wrestling. Yeah, The only victory that he has is against Brandon Cutler, a guy that's just one ranking above him. So it's really not... That big of a difference, like it didn't, wasn't that big of a difference. If we're talking quality of wins, Joey Janela has not been that important in AEW. He is being booked very well, despite being on the bottom. But Joey Janela, he's on the bottom. So those are a couple surprises. But let's move on to the women's Ocelot rankings. At number one, your champion, Riho. At number two, Britt Baker. Number three, Nyla Rose. Number four, Hukaro Shida. Number five, Brandy Rhodes. Number six, Allie. Number seven, Sadie Gibbs. Number eight, Jamie Hayter. Number nine, Chris Statlander. Number 10, Awesome Kong. Number 11, Mercedes Martinez. Number 12, Shalandra Royal. Number 13, 
Shazza McKenzie. Number 14, Emmy Sakura. Number 15, Danny Jordan. Number 16, Penelope Ford. Number 17, Leva Bates. Number 18, B. Priestley. Number 19, Yuka Sakazaki. Number 20, Shana. And rounding out the list, number 21, Big Swole. So again, some surprises I feel like in here. Of course, Riho being the dominant, dominant-ass champion, she is 30 whole points above second place. So it's going to take a lot to bring Riho down. Um, so you're going to have to build up someone huge or to start building down Riho before uh, you know someone's going to take that number one spot and most likely take that title when that happens. But of course, uh, Brandy Rhodes... She has only had one victory in singles competition, so Brandy Rhodes is still a mainstay at that list. So good on her. Of course, a couple people. There are a couple people missing from this list, like Aja Kong. Like you know, uh, I guess maybe really Aja Kong's really the only one. Oh, Shoka Nakajima, Rio Mizan, Mizunami. Um, some people that showed up in other All Elite Wrestling pay per views, but haven't showed up since. So I'm not really sure what is sort of happening with them. Of course, Yuka Sakazaki is one of those people, but she's at least on the AEW roster page. So I would expect to see more of her eventually. I just don't know when. Um, So the middle of the pack is sort of, you know, we're still deciding. All those people still hanging around 1600. The lowest person here, Big Swole, she's losing a lot on AEW Dark, but she's doing so in a good way. She's putting over big people, it feels like. And she's allowing people to get victories. Um, B Priestley is someone that I would have expected to be way higher, way higher on this ranking list. But we sort of talked about it in our full gear review. Is that I don't think B Priestley was ever meant really to have a match, move on, um, you know, continuing down the line, following, um, you know, following uh, what was it, uh, fight for the fallen. Uh, she is sort of all elite. She is part of the roster, I guess you could say, but it doesn't feel like she's supposed to be this low, right? And she sort of got squashed. Not sort of got squashed, but she got beat against Britt Baker at full gear in the pre-show. They even had the show on the buy-in to begin with, so it wasn't much of a, you could argue, much of a rivalry, I guess, in their eyes to begin with. Then, of course, she was the first person to get the hair cut off by Awesome Kong. So B Priestley isn't shown, being shown some love in this promotion as of yet. She's a person I expected would be way higher, but her, the fact that she's 18 of 21, sort of disappointing to me. Um, who else? Who else? Emmy Sakura is someone that we'll talk about. You know, We'll talk about, I guess, way later, but I guess now is a good point to talk about. Uh, AEW has since put out, of course, their actual ranking list, and... They've said before that the rankings are sort of based on like the college football style where people are voting, I guess. We have no idea who those media members are voting are, but Emi Sakura was originally number one on the ranking list um, since uh, becoming, uh, uh, I guess she won it, I guess, got number one position after defeating uh, Riho in that tag match where she uh, got the pinfall. I don't agree with it. Obviously, you can see here, Emi Sakura, 14 out of 21 on this list. It doesn't make any sense to me why she is that high. Uh, I think it's sort of weird that she is that. She was originally that high. It's, she's she's not that impressive, I guess you could say. Um, she's not uh, as impressive as she should be, I guess you could say. 
Um, but it's very interesting. It's very interesting that she is that high, and I, 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 it sort of goes into see like what their ranking list means. Like, what do they evaluate? Is it just kayfabe, or just picking people that had a good week, or is it people that have had good matches up to that point? You know what I mean? Like, what's what is the real, you know, determining factor? I guess you could say in their ranking system. Um, so that's the real talk about here. Women's division, of course, Riho's dominant as always. No one's really close. Britt Baker's at 1646. Uh, so she's the closest, but I don't expect her to do anything. The next real person I would say is Hikaru Shida or maybe Awesome Kong to go up and face Riho. But Awesome Kong is way down there. Hasn't had a match yet. Hikaru Shida, she's going up there. So maybe she could challenge at the next pay-per-view. But we're got to see what happens. We have to see still what happens. Riho is way too dominant. I don't think she's dropping from that mountain anytime soon. But all in all, let's move on to the tag team division and look at those Ocelot scores for the tag team. At number one, is your champion SCU. At number two, Santana and Ortiz, proud and powerful. Number three, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, The Dark Order. Number four, Matt and Nick Jackson, The Young Bucks. Number five, Phoenix and Pentagon Jr., The Lucha Bros. Number six, Trent and Chuck Taylor, and I guess also Orange Cassidy, The Best Friends. Number seven, Cody and Dustin Rhodes, The Brotherhood. At number eight, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn, Private Party. Number nine, The Beaver Boys. At number 10, Strong Hearts. Number 11, The Hybrid Two. Number 12, Jurassic Express. So again, of course, there are some things to evaluate in here. Jurassic Express, a team that very interestingly, uh, very, very low. They have not really... I, I don't think they've won a match since joining AEW. They have not won a single match, uh, Jurassic Express. So I don't know what's happening in their neck of the woods. They need to be doing better, yet they are failing to do better. Uh, they are, they're 0-6 overall. Jurassic Express have not been a big part. Yet it goes to show that uh, AEW across the board, um, they're... Whoever's at last, still, they don't feel like they're losers, right? You could argue. Joey Janela, not a loser. Big Swole, doesn't feel like it. Jurassic Express, doesn't feel like losers. They, we all root for these people, yet they are the bottom of the rankings. And I feel like AEW, there is something to say that AEW is doing a good job of presenting those people, despite being last, as something. You know, maybe it's the people above them that aren't really being pushed in any capacity, but there is something where that the people in last are, you know, look, look, are being presented as good people, I guess you could say. Um, of course, uh, who else up there? Uh, that's sort of surprising. Uh, private party is a lot lower. They're eight of 12, which I would have less, you know, I would not have expected as much. The Brotherhood, I am counting as a tag team because they sort of had a eight man tag match along with that tag match against the Young Bucks. So they've had some matches together. Um, and of course, you know, best friends, Lucha Bros, Young Bucks, Dark Order, Proud and Powerful, they're all circling uh, that sort of uh, above 1600 range. Of course, like Riho, SCU is 1675. They are actually, yeah, 40 points above Proud and Powerful, above number two slot. 
So they are a, there's a big divide. And of course, SCU picking up that big defense against Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. In fact, Scorpio Sky pinning AEW champion Chris Jericho. So I'm interested to see what happens moving forward. Along with Christopher Daniels back in SCU, we can see even more wins from SCU. So I'm excited to see what they do moving forward. And I'm excited to see what we have to offer. So let's get to the show, folks. Let's get to the actual matches and preview what's coming up at AEW Dynamite. First up, and sort of like a, I guess, a toss-up of a preview match, we got a, a, a dream match as well. Phoenix taking on Nick Jackson in one-on-one action. This is They're both, of course, unranked in singles competition, but this is their first singles match ever in all elite wrestling. Uh, they've never pinned each other in tag team action. Phoenix, a former AAA mega champion, Nick Jackson, never has won a singles title, only tags. But he has been a comparable tag team contender. I mean, so has Phoenix. According to Cage Match, Phoenix has a 57.8 win percentage in singles matches, while Nick Jackson has a 37.9%. So, you know, it, they're unproven, I guess you could say, in All Elite Wrestling, which is why we're looking across the board to other promotions, which we rarely do. But this is one of those cases that, you know, we don't know how Nick Jackson and Phoenix are going to be. Phoenix you could argue, is going to probably win this match. And he is, of course, my pick to win this match. I don't expect Dick Jackson to do much here. He, of course, is probably walking in with a slight injury, that slight shin injury that they've sort of been playing up. So he has that disadvantage to him. He he hasn't won a singles match in years, so he is rusty in that regard, not having a tag team member. Uh, but And Phoenix, he's, of course, been a former AAA mega champion. He is... Uh, a big single star in his own right. So you would expect Phoenix to pick up the victory, and that is who I expect to pick up the win here. So my vote is Phoenix to get the win over Nick Jackson. Will Proud and Powerful have some sort of uh, involvement in this match? Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Will SCU have an involvement in this match? Maybe. Will Pentagon Jr. be in Phoenix's corner? Maybe. Maybe that will even help Phoenix even more. Who knows? All I know is that my vote is going to be Phoenix to get this win. Next up in tag team competition, we have Proud and Powerful Santana and Ortiz taking on Private Party in what is to be a great tag team outing in my view. Of course, Proud and Powerful ranked number two out of 12 in the Ocelot rankings, while Private Party are ranked number eight out of 12. You know, this match is the Matt Travis Memorial match, of course. Uh, one of the trainers, I guess, I guess, late former trainers of Hog, of House of Glory, where both of these teams originated from. Uh, especially, um, you know, Private Party. They're born and bred in Hog, in House of Glory. So they, uh, there's a lot of motivation for both of these people. Uh, but it definitely feels like more motivation for pri- for Private Party. Uh, you know, hard to, hard to evaluate that but this is a, an important match for both of these teams so i'm expecting a, a big big tag match but of course we gotta look at the numbers here proud and powerful has a 58 percent chance of winning this match they are the favorite heading into this match it's hard to deny them they have of course they haven't wrestled too much in aew but they've had a win over the young bucks a win over the beaver boys a squash really over the beaver boys so they are they are a threat and they are a threat 
you know, a uh, private party, you know, they do well against threats, right? They were the ones that knocked out the Young Bucks early. Uh, they failed to knock out the Lucha Brothers, but they were able to knock out the Young Bucks. So there is potential. It's hard to write off private party. There's always that potential. Of course, you know, their finisher, Gin and Juice, 66% effective. So, you know, Proud and Powerful could easily kick out of that as well. Um, it's really who knows what's going to happen here. My my bet is on Proud and Powerful to win this match. But there is that added motivation for Queen and Cassidy. You know, doing this for Matt Travis, doing this. They are the ones that are really coming to this saying that they're doing this for their former trainer. So they, you know, they really want to get this win. They're going to have that uphill battle, but they have able to have that upset before. So can they do it? Can Private Party do it? It's it's a tough call. It's it's arguably a very tough call. I don't, you know, you don't expect them to maybe win this match, you know, to to, to really put that into play, I guess you could say. Um, let's see if I can find some additional statistics on them. Of course, you know, Santana Ortiz are on a two-win hot streak. Private Party are on a minus-one hot streak. So, you know, they have... They don't have the advantage in that streak sense. Um, of course, yeah, private party. Uh, they they their average match length is 13 minutes. Santana Ortiz are able to put it away a little bit quicker, 11 and a half minutes. So they're able to get these definitive early quick victories. Um, can private party put them, you know, make it longer on that regard? Maybe, maybe. I doubt it, but, you know, what could they do? Is there anything that they could do to really settle this one in? You know, really, uh, you know, really get them into this victory. I don't know, right? I don't, I don't expect Private Party to get this win. I'm expecting Santana Ortiz to pull out another victory and to look even more impressive because I think Private and Powerful uh, could probably be the next team to challenge SCU, especially if get this victory. Um, if Private Party win. You know, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer to find out who's going to challenge for the titles for SCU. So, I don't know. Maybe my head says Proud and Powerful. My heart saying Private Party. Gun to my head if I had to pick one. You know, I'm probably going to go Private Party, surprisingly. I think I'm going to go Private Party on this one. They they have the heart, right? They are a, a green team. But with that motivation, with the right motivation, with the right heart, they could do it. They're not the smartest in-ring technicians, you know, compared to the other competitors. They don't have the most in-ring knowledge. They are green compared to a lot of these other people. But I think they could do it. I think they could hold back Proud and Powerful a little bit longer to challenge that, uh, challenge for those titles. Um if I could do some quick math here, if we said that a private party defeats proud and powerful, if I do some quick Ocelot ranking math here, uh, boo, 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 boo. yes, so what would happen is that private party, if they get this victory, they would move up into, they would actually stay in the exact same position uh, than they would have. So not much, not a loss would d- definitely probably drop them. Actually, maybe not. They might stay. They might be holding. Uh, so it doesn't matter. But, but for Proud and Powerful, they would move down to 1628. They would actually not move either. Uh, unless Dark Order, SCU, or whatever, these, some of these other teams have a match, they're not going to be going down. 
So, uh, despite getting the loss. So, you know, maybe we'll see what happens. Uh, this could easily be a win that Private Party wins because it's not going to affect anyone's ranking. If Depending if Dark Order SCU, uh, you know, the Brotherhood, I guess, uh, Beaver Boys wrestle. Uh, but I'm not expecting much from these other teams to really wrestle. We only have three matches already announced. Will we get more matches? Maybe. Uh, but I think, I you know, seeing that, I feel like private, you know, it doesn't matter, Proud and Powerful. It doesn't matter happen to Private Party. Just get Private Party that win, folks. I see them getting a victory. My heart says it. My heart wants it. My heart wants Private Party to get this win. I think they're going to get it over Proud and Powerful. And finally, in that main event, presumably, uh, assume we don't have any other matches, of course, we have Darby Allen taking on John Moxley. Darby Allen ranked number six out of 24. John Moxley ranked number two out of 24. John Moxley, of course, the favorite heading this match, but not, not by a huge margin. Only 53% chance of winning, so a plus 3% chance. So if you're a betting man, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a close one. I mean... Mox is yet to be pinned in All Elite Wrestling. This would be a huge win for Darby Allen. Uh, if you're looking at the finishers, Darby Allen, of course, 100% with that coffin drop when he hits it. Mox's paradigm shift, only 60% effective. So, you know, you would imagine that uh, if all it takes, maybe one paradigm shift to maybe put Darby Allen away, but you could easily see Darby Allen. Darby Allen kicking out of that paradigm shift and keeping his chances alive. Darby Allen, if there has been anything to say about Darby Allen all in wrestling, it's that his his resiliency is what brings him to the dance. Um, and that resiliency can potentially be the one that gets him to be the victor in this match. Of course, being number six, he's very close to maybe challenging again. Like I said in the opening, John Moxley, he's number two overall. So he can probably challenge for the AEW title if he so chooses, Darby Allen, he gets that victory. He's going to boost himself right all up to number four overall. John Moxley will drop to. Actually, John Moxley will drop to four. No, John Moxley would drop to three. Darby would dro- go up to four. And Cody would go up to two as a result of all of that. So that's very interesting to see. Uh, John Moxley would just stay at one if he wins, or sorry, stay at two if he wins, of course. Whereas Darby Allen, he will drop two. Let me see if he loses. Darby Allen will drop two. He'll just stay at six, actually. So another one of these matches that we could have a big old match, and it doesn't matter much. If Moxley wins, both contenders, both players stay in the same slot. If Darby Allen wins, he goes up to four. John Moxley drops one. Cody is number two contender again. So very interesting. Very interesting uh, numbers to look at there. So Darby Allen maybe climbing back up. and He's staying. Darby Allen's staying. Circling that upper mid card. You know, could possibly have these title matches again. Maybe face having a better odds of facing Chris Jericho. Um, who knows? John Moxley, if I was the betting man, would be the person you have to really look forward to get this win. But Darby Allen can get the upset victory. If not, we could easily get a time limit draw. Of course, this match will probably be your main event. Uh, we could see maybe another draw that happens in this match. Um, I would like to see that. I like to, I like seeing draws, actually, in All Elite Wrestling. It's, it's sort of different, uh, but I like it. 
um, to say the very least. Darby Allen, he if if he wins his match, he's gonna win it quick. He's gonna quick it. His his if I pull this up real quickly, my computer is a little weird. I got a new computer, so I gotta figure out how it works. I guess you could say. But Darby Allen, when he wins a match, he wins it in his quickest time. His average winning match length actually is eight minutes and twenty nine seconds. So he wins very quick. Well, John Moxley's average is 18 minutes. John Moxley takes his time. So there's potential for a draw, right? Um, let's see. Darby Allen's average losing match length, 15 minutes. 15 minutes and 26 seconds. Uh, while John Moxley hasn't lost a match yet. So Moxley is going to take his time. He's going to take his time beating down uh, Darby Allen, but Darby Allen could quickly and quickly and fastly and all these things get the jump on Moxley and get the victory. Or there's potential, of course, that Darby outdoes him and they go to a draw. Maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't really. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm thinking right now Moxley could get it. Uh, Moxley could get this victory, but who knows, right? I mean. I guess the whole point of the show is I'm supposed to make... No, I'm supposed to take the guess. Moxley has the one-win streak. Darby Allen has a two-win streak. If Darby Allen wins, he could probably challenge for the title again, but I don't see that happening. It looks like it's going to be Scorpio Sky going for that title. So who... What's the guess? I would have had maybe thought that, like, Darby could have won that uh, battle royal that's going to be happening. And we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. But I don't know. My vote here... Actually, you know what? I'm going to go back. I think Darby could win this. I think Darby has the potential to win this match. Uh, which is going to be very interesting if he does. But I think he has. <sighs> but I don't think he... I don't think he will, though. He's my vote to win. But I don't think... <sighs> I guess I can, I guess it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I'm switching it. John Moxley. He's my vote to win. You know, he takes his time, but he has beaten big guys. He's never lost, only in tag team competition. Uh, and that was mainly because he turned his back on Pac. You know, he's never been pinned. Darby Allen has against Sean Spears, no less. Um, you know, and, and that's someone that John Moxley has defeated. John Moxley doesn't have the most effective finisher, but the coffin drop takes a little bit to set up, you know, and if you miss it, you miss it, uh, Darby. So I would, ex but is it the potential for something, you know, some dangerous? No, I don't, I mean, I could see this match going John Moxley's way. I think John Moxley gets this win. If he gets this win, I would reckon John Moxley is going to go after the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, go after Chris Jericho. He may be. If if John Moxley wins, he may certainly be your next challenger at the next pay-per-view. Um, do not deny that. Do not deny the potential of that happening. I think it will. I think John Moxley is going to pull this one out. Uh, he is a slight favorite, but I think you know he's my favorite. John Moxley will get this win. That's it. That's it for this episode. Thank you all for listening to another week's episode of System Check while we preview another week's episode of All Elite Wrestling. 
Of course, there is that other match that we know is going to be happening, that Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal, where I presume 12 people will go into a battle royal, go into a ring, and the last two people standing will then face each other next week for the right to challenge for the number one contendership. I have no idea, of course, who's going to be in those matches. Uh, I would imagine some singles competitors. I would imagine maybe some tag team guys. I have no clue uh, who's going to win that match. It's a battle royal, so it's not going to count towards the records, but it will count towards the rankings, so it's going to drop a significant amount of people maybe. Not by much, but it's going to drop some people. Um, so I don't know who's going to win, right? I don't, I don't, I don't have any real clue about who's going to win the dynamite dozen. And it will go on to become the, uh, potentially the normal contender for the title. I don't know. Uh, you know, I would imagine that Moxley, Darby, Nick Jackson, Phoenix are not involved in a match like that. You know, same thing you'd probably say of private party and proud and powerful, so who knows? Maybe Luchasaurus wins. Uh, maybe it's Luchasaurus and Scorpio Sky, and they face each other, and then they have a match. That would be fun. Maybe Orange Cassidy. Why not? Who cares? Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in that match because it's, it's a battle royal. We don't know who the competitors are, so there's no real guess of who could be in it. I mean, we could have some... We'd have Dustin Thomas back, Sunny Days, Brian Pillman Jr. back. We could have these guys return. Uh, I doubt AC Romero. Uh, but we can have some of these guys return to All Elite Wrestling. Who knows? I don't know, but I'm excited to see who that win, who will win that match, or who two people will win that match. But we'll only find out when we watch AEW Dynamite tomorrow, Wednesday night on TNT. So get excited, get pumped, get hyped for those matches. Like I said, I have been your host, Ryan Knightsey. This has been System Check. If you like what you heard, Definitely recommend subscribing to this podcast feed or wherever you get your podcast from uh, and leaving a view. Uh, leaving reviews would be greatly appreciated. Uh, use that hashtag system checked or hashtag checked, I should say. Uh, we would greatly appreciate seeing those reviews and we will read them out. You know, if you get that review in, we'll read it out, shout you out. Um, we would greatly appreciate uh, for all the hard work that we put into the show. Uh, so we would greatly appreciate it. If you want to follow us on Twitter, that's at hit the books pod. Um, like I said, we would love to hear more from all of y'all. You can see a little bit of sign posting on r slash squared circle. I'll have a link of it on our Twitter page at hit the books pod as well. Uh, but from all of that, I want to thank you. I want to thank everyone for going and listening to this week's episode of system check. I will see you all next week, but until then have a good day. I love you and please stay elite.